Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glasper, your host, and I am a registered dietitian and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I have the privilege of interviewing Shafra Schneer, who is a therapist, and um, she actually lives in Cleveland, but we met years ago when she lived here in New York, and she has a really interesting approach to um, healing, really, and I love the interface of therapeutic healing with intuitive eating and health at every size, and as you'll hear in the episode, there is a huge overlap, and you you really can't separate the two between nutrition and food and eating and body image and therapeutic healing. You really usually can't. So um, it, it was a very interesting conversation, and I don't remember if I ever said this on the podcast, but I did say it in this episode that a lot of my guests will say, like, what's the topic or what are we discussing or can you send me questions beforehand? And I say, sure, I will come up with the questions, but I actually really prefer prefer the organic conversation. Um, there is – I usually do have um, sort of like a structure in my head of where I want the session to go, and I probably should um, – take notes and make a note of it. But uh, if any of you guys have heard me talk about this before, I actually have like a severe fear of public speaking, which is weird because I do not have a fear at all of interviewing people. I really like to think on my feet and ask people questions and learn about them. Um, but I do have an issue with like memorizing things and thinking cohesively in like for like, and to speak that out for 45 minutes to an hour. So it's actually interesting that public speaking and interviewing are two separate skills. So as a side note, if you have a fear of public speaking, you might have a different skill of interviewing. So that's just a side note. Um, if you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow me on Instagram at gila.glassberg.intuitiverd. Uh, reach out to me at gilaglassberg18 at gmail.com if you would like private counseling. I will get together another group soon to do intuitive eating counseling in a group setting. Um, I am um, booked somewhat. So if you really if you are looking to start, please reach out to me as soon as possible so I could fit you into my schedule. Um, and if you just are looking for free content without booking any sessions right now, please go to my website, www.keelaglassberg.com. There's plenty of episodes like this and blog posts, and there's lots of resources out there. Uh, you do not need to stay stuck in the restrict binge restrict cycle. You do not need to feel like food is controlling your life. There are so many resources out there. Intuitive eating, health at every size is definitely making its way out there in the world. And I unfortunately see the ramifications of diet culture in my office, but I also see the positive side of things that people are getting in touch with what, what their real values are, that they're really noticing what's important to them, that food has taken over their lives, that it's they're, they're, they're um, passing on that disordered eating to their children and they don't want it anymore. They've hit diet rock bottom. So if that is you, start by reading the book, Intuitive Eating. It's a really great book, the fourth edition. There's also a workbook. There's also a workbook for teens. Health at Every Size is Great, Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison. There's so many resources out there. Please don't stay stuck. You got this. And without further ado, let's get to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. 
I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I have the privilege of interviewing Shifra Schneer. Hi, Shifra. Hi, Gila. How are you? Okay, I'm good. This is so nice. Thank you so much for doing this and bringing these messages out. Yes, I'm so happy that I'm able to do this. And I'm so happy that there are other professionals out there doing the same thing. So thank you. Um, So could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, What do you where do you live? And what do you do? Sure. Okay. Hi, everybody. So my name is Shifra Schneer. I'm a psychotherapist in Cleveland, Ohio, actually relocated here from New York about three years ago. So I have a private practice now in Cleveland, and I do a lot of work with um, with trauma, with depression and anxiety, and how those are are presenting um, struggles for people. And we oh, oh, intertwined in a lot of that, of course, is work with body image and disordered eating and struggles with food. And so all of those issues really intertwine together. And so that yeah. that makes sense. Um, amazing. So did you always know that this is what you wanted to do as a career? So it's interesting, actually. So I'm trained as a marriage and family therapist. So, you know, that's officially an MFT. And when people hear that, they say, oh, so you do marriage therapy. And, it, you know, it, it was how I was trained. And, and the perspective of training from the that perspective is a little bit different than the, you know, the general perspective. Um, but I actually really moved away from doing mostly couples work. And I really now do mostly individual work. Um, so my, my I always knew that I wanted to go into the counseling profession, but my focus has shifted quite a bit from when I initially started. And I always knew also that, you know, the, the body image piece was, I always knew it was always part of every struggle that comes up for people. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. always there in the background. That's so interesting. So, so why did you want to be a counselor? If you don't mind me asking, like what, what, what drew you to that profession? Sure. You know, it's funny. It's funny. Actually, I remember in my eighth grade yearbook, you know, when they say like, what are you going to be when you grow up? Mine said I was going to be a psychologist. So somehow always at that point, it was something Um, I, I don't know. I really just feel, you know, like they always say, of course, we, we want to, you know, look at parts of ourselves, understand better parts of ourselves. But there was always something that drew me to this intense connection to people and their struggles and their pain. And, and it really, it, it's just such a fulfilling and you know, humbling and awe-inspiring field. And mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. So you, do you think that you were one of those kids that was always like giving people advice or list, the, the listener, like that type? So some, somewhat, I, I wasn't like a super, super outgoing kid, um, but I guess I always had this like intensity, like I'm an empath and I always had this intensity and I guess maybe people picked up on that. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. I can, I can relate to that also that like, mm-hmm. People always say like, oh, you are sort of like a therapist, like you're a food therapist. Then it's like so interesting. But actually I heard that um, like that's like, it's like an introvert profession because like we like that one-on-one intensity. And it's like, 
I actually know someone who is super extroverted and she became a social worker and she was working in the field. And she told me like, after like one or two years, she's like, it's so boring. Like it's so intense. And she's such an extrovert. Like, I'm like, oh, cause you're an, I, like, I thought she would be so like good at it. Cause she's so like great with people, but like, she gets that energy from like, from like the crowd. And I'm like the opposite. Like, I love that like intensity, you know? Yes, I'm the same as you. Definitely, definitely. I'm definitely an introvert. And somehow there's really something in that draw about working with somebody just one-on-one and being in that intense, you know, back and forth and understanding their story and hearing their pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not to make this about me at all, but you just, it just also, I see that a lot with like my friends or like clients, like you want to, like, that's your personality. Like you want to hear the whole story. Like when I'm asking someone about their job, I'm like, tell me your day today. I want to understand like, cause it's like that. I think it's like an an introvert thing. Um, Okay. So, so you were doing um, marriage counseling and then you shifted to more like, could I say like intuitive eating, health at every size? Is that like, did that, did you come across that in your private life? Like that yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's such a amazing question because like everything's intertwined, you know, as a therapist, what I do as a therapist is so much about who I am as a person. I mean, there always is, you know, like we talk about being a therapist, we talk about bringing in the, the self of the therapist. So it really is about who I am as a person. And so I don't think that my intuitive eating journey actually started because of the work that I do. Um, but they, they definitely at this point do go hand in hand. I, I think it started at, at some point in my life where I was kind of just like, dieting just doesn't make sense whether you know I can't keep to one and and it just like I can't imagine never eating a certain food again in my life like that just didn't make sense to me mm-hmm. and when I heard about intuitive eating it just really clicked and when it clicked I, I just knew that that's that's what makes sense for me and that's the path that I want to go on and, and since then it's really kind of been part of the way that I work as a therapist and you know the way that I live my life and the way that I see clients and their struggles mm-hmm. in, in their body and food. Definitely. So yeah. do you mind sharing a little bit about like uh, your personal journey? Like, did you grow up with like negative body image? Were you always on a diet? Like, was that sure. so, part of your life? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, it was always like, you know, I, I'm trying to keep my body to a certain size. Um, I, I, I've definitely been through experiences of Weight Watchers, never really been able to keep to them, you know, for mm-hmm. a long time, mm-hmm. um, keep to it for a long time. But yeah, it's just definitely been that, that pull for me of my body should look a certain size. And, and, and it was only much later in my life, maybe, um, where I, where I had this realization of like, I need to just stop chasing something that's not going to happen. And I still, it was, it was a long journey really to learn about intuitive eating. I mean, I'm still on a journey of intuitive eating and, mm-hmm. and yeah. It, so how did you, how did you stumble upon it? Yeah. So that's, you know, it's interesting. I, I really don't know how I stumbled upon it. I'm, I'm really trying to remember, like, I remember a specific encounter with somebody where we were talking about it, but I feel like that was after I had heard about it already. And I really, it's kind of a mystery to me about how I found it. Maybe it kind of just fell into my lap somehow. Right, right. But once I started to, to learn about it and to read about it, it was like, this is, this is the way I want to live, you know, live my life in mm-hmm. terms of my relationship with food and my body. Yeah, totally. And then did you have the same thing with, with health at every size or was that also like a little bit harder for you to yeah, so, buy into, let's say? Yeah, sure. So, so health at every size actually came quite a few years after intuitive eating. It was like, okay, here's intuitive eating. Here's how I'm going to eat. 
but like, I'm still not so happy with the way my body looks, you know? Right. And it took a long time. And I think it was actually as a professional that I came upon and learning about health at every size. Um, and it was not a hard thing for me to accept at all. Like in terms of saying these concepts make sense. It's a lot harder to say, okay, I'm, I'm happy with my body the way it is now because of all the external messages. But I think that health at every size is just such a fundamental piece of, of even just, you know, connecting to ourselves. And so much of the work that I do in, you know, and trauma work is about grounding and coming back into the moment. And that's so much of the work also about intuitive eating and being okay with our bodies. So health at every size is really kind of a message that I just intertwine in this whole, the, the whole living intuitive life. Yes, yes. You, I just, um, I'm so happy that you just said that because I was just going to like try to transition into like the professional aspect of, of what you do. And like, I almost had like a little bit of a visceral reaction to when you said like trauma is about grounding and how it's and how it's so like it health at every size and intuitive eating just like just clicks right onto that because it's like so much of what I do with clients or what I see with clients is like the trauma around their body and it could it could be something like going on put, being put on a diet at age five you know sure so yeah it's like traumatic really yeah absolutely and I, I think it's really you know I think people get really um afraid when they hear the word trauma because trauma sounds like this big scary monster and and it's really helpful if we could just like understand that trauma really is is anything that we go through that's like overwhelming that we don't have the capacity to respond to a child who's put on a diet and then is hungry their their body and their brain is having reactions to that and so that's a trauma reaction mm -hmm. and when they grow up living with that that's more ongoing trauma and so trauma really we all live with aspects of trauma mm -hmm. and very very often as and when we go through specifically body related traumas but any trauma there's there's that piece of not being in touch with ourselves and our bodies and so much of that is related to this food body struggle yeah yeah and something that I hear a lot from clients and I could relate to also is that like exactly what you just said like intuitive eating is so great and it's so liberating and the tools help you in life not just eating not just eat intuitively but live intuitively but then there's that piece like but I still wish my body was different yes and that's I think that's probably the hardest part Yes, absolutely. And, and that's a struggle, you know, here I am in my journey. And that's a struggle that I struggle with. There are days that are easier. There are days that are harder. There are messages that come out. I mean, I think a lot of the, the, uh, there's a lot more messages now, even in the past couple of years about, you know, the body positivity and, and health at every size and all of that, they are getting stronger, but there still are a lot of messages of, you know, bodies should look a certain way. So it, it's, it's very, very, very difficult. We're fighting mm -hmm. against a lot personally and professionally. Right. Right. Yeah. I say that to clients all the time. Like, you have to remember like how many years you've subscribed to diet culture versus how many maybe months you've been learning about intuitive eating. And like, it takes a long time to rewrite that script and like, and then to be bombarded. If you're on Instagram, if you're living in this world and you see advertisements, then it's just really hard to remind yourself that like everybody is different. You know, everybody has things about their body that they like or don't like and everybody has things about their life that they like and don't like and that's just like we don't have to like uh, body image with Brie I don't know if you follow her on Instagram but she she says like that we scapegoat our body like that's her she I think she started that phrase you know like it's true like I, I think I see that also a lot with like people who have experienced any sort of trauma in their body that like their bodies it's like the their body is like the source of all problems and that's super painful because you interact with your body on so many levels. Yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting that you say that, Gila, also because 
sometimes people think about their their journey towards eating as like here's here's a struggle in and of itself and there really is always so much of the push and pull of the other mental health pieces that are involved and the traumas that are involved and it's like well I can fix my traumas but I can still diet and you know it's interesting because as a therapist I really don't talk about dieting like that's not my role I don't you know have any talk have any food or dieting conversations but you know there there always is that sense within me of like are are we are we listening to our bodies in this moment are you listening to your body are you grounded with your body and that always always is antithetical to dieting so it's really always there yeah yeah that's so interesting because I I like to, um, I think, I think like, just for listeners to know this, I think that a lot of times people think like within my sessions that I don't even talk about food because I'm talking about the other stuff, but like you, like basically like when, what I try to start with is like the hunger fullness scale and explaining that we all feel hunger and fullness in a different way and that we can feel it in different parts of our body and that we can feel it at a different intensity. And he, just as a side note, like, I know I, I like, I say that I'm a highly sensitive person and and the person who wrote the book, she says that like, you're more sensitive to hunger. And it's like really true. Like my husband knows like, if Gila's hungry, like we can't go anywhere. Like I, like, I'm not the type of person that ever skips meals. Like I need to eat every two to three hours, you know? And I definitely didn't when I was like stuck in diet culture. Cause I was like, I shouldn't be hungry now. Or like, that's crazy. Like I can't, I had carbs already today or whatever, whatever my food rules were. But like, when I explain this to clients, I tell them like, let's say I'm, let's say I'm talking about it for them or their child. I'm saying like, um, think about it. Like we tell our kids like, oh, you can't possibly be hungry now. Or like you should be, you're probably full by now. And like, you're not just turning off their hunger fullness signals. You're turning off their intuitive signals. Like if they feel unsafe around somebody, if they know that something doesn't feel right, their gut, like we are literally telling them, ignore that noise and ignore that feeling. It's like, it really is detrimental. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much of that, of that body awareness that we lose when we talk about dieting as adults. And especially when we're encouraging that in children, it's really, we, we, it it says, Hey, let's turn off. Like you said, that, that sensor to, to have any awareness of myself and be able to express my, my physical needs and my emotional needs. Right. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about the actual like tools that you use in terms of like body awareness or grounding that maybe obviously this isn't um, in place of therapy at all, but just for somebody to maybe get a sense or a feel of like what, what tools that you use when these things come on? Yeah, absolutely. So, so again, just, just to put this out there, like I definitely don't, you know, I'm not a, a nutritionist and I have no training in the food background. And so I really don't talk anything about dieting or all of that, but, but what, what I do do is, is work to, to get a better body awareness, just a sense of like, what is going on in my body right now? And so sometimes that may be food related and some, and very often that's not food related and that's, you know, but, but it's just bringing out that awareness. So there there are so many ways there's, there's, you know, the, the typical five, four, three, two, one, just noticing what's around me and just having a sense of like, oh, I have senses that are just noticing the world. So that's noticing five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can smell one thing you can taste or any of those things. So that's a five, four, three, two, one. And that just helps us connect to the fact that like, we do have a body because also life is so busy and there's so much hustle bustle. And, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes people come to therapy with, with, with a, so much to share. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and sometimes it's so hard to kind of make that, that disconnect and say, okay, now I'm, I'm going to a place where maybe we're going to slow down a little bit and just notice that, that, that there is a body within all of this. So that's a really good one. Sometimes we even just like, um, you know, 
just put on hand cream and just notice the smell and notice how that feels as it goes on. Or even just touching something that feels wet or holding onto a piece of ice. Sometimes that even works for a more intense grounding. So there's all these ways of just noticing, of course, breathing strategies. I mean, there's so many things of just bringing back that awareness to the body. And that again is really just in, intertwined with that, oh, I, I can create body awareness and then I can know the other parts, aspects of my body. And very often I will refer people out to, you know, of course, if, if we could find a good listing of somebody who's, you know, intuitive eating based and, and subscribes to health at every size, but I will very often refer people out to that other aspect as well of, mm-hmm. for, you know, food and, mm-hmm. and nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that five, four, three, two, one. I actually never yeah. heard of it. Um, really interesting. Um, yeah. Also like I, I, I know my, like one of my supervisors has said, like when, when things come up that are like, obviously there's a, there's an overlap between the nutrition and the psychology part. Cause that's just the way it is, but there are certain things that I'm not equipped to deal with. And I'll say like, you know, take a sticky note and bring that to your therapist. Um, but I do, I do know that that's like a tricky overlap, you know, but like, definitely, like you said, like, you don't necessarily speak about the food and the nutrition, but like, it obviously comes up because like you started out by like introducing yourself, you were just saying like, it's all related, like the anxiety, the depression that's felt in your body, you know, that's like, you can't separate that at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And trauma, the big piece about trauma is we say trauma is a memory that's held in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is no separation between anything and, and food is body related. I mean, that, that, that's what our body is for. And mm-hmm. so there's no separation as much as we, we try to separate it. So yeah, it definitely comes back up, you know, and, and I will say also, it's, it's a very, very, very difficult journey to say, you know, I'm not, um, dieting anymore. And very often it's not a place where, you know, people want to go or, or, you know, which is fine. I mean, body awareness can happen and it's just, it it just, it just will, will bring up those other aspects as well. And then a person will say, how do I want to target this now, now that these Mm -hmm. things are coming up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also like dieting represents so many things for, for so many different people, but like there are those people who like were put on a diet at a very young age and like their autonomy was, was threatened and they still feel that threat in adulthood. And then there are people who utilize dieting because everything else was so out of control. So like, it's not even like necessarily a weight thing. It's just like, almost like, you know, a crutch. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And again, there are so many negative messages. I mean, I, I would say, especially for, you know, for girls who are dating, but at any stage of life, there are so many negative messages. I mean, mm-hmm. women who have babies and then it's like my body has to, I mean, there's just messages are everywhere and it's right. very, very difficult. And, right. and, and sometimes people who are, you know, especially like in a place of, of intense trauma or, or really struggling are not necessarily ready to say I'm breaking away at those messages right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit more about what happens in our body when we experience trauma? Yeah. So what happens, so, so trauma has kind of like the, the, the two aspects. There's what happens in, in our brain, right. And then there's what goes on in our body. And so when we go through trauma, trauma is an experience that we hold onto in our body. So our brain doesn't, doesn't process through the experience of, of, trauma as it would process through another experience, right? So something that's too overwhelming. And there's, you know, there's a lot of neuroscientific components to this, but in terms of the body aspects of it, it's like it it gets stuck in places. And so sometimes with clients, you know, we'll say, okay, go through, or, or, you know, there'll be they'll be sitting with a trauma memory and it's and it's like where is that sitting right now in your body how can we notice that what happens how does it slowly shift and so there really are places you know 
there's even some people who talk about the connection between chronic pain and trauma because mm-hmm. trauma really sits in certain, you know, and, and depending on the experiences, it will be in different places for different people, but it really has the physical sensations that we associate and we don't think about it. I mean, we go through life like, you know, um, without even like having this awareness, but when we do bring this awareness, we really notice where that trauma comes up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes people will, will, as, as we get deeper into processing the trauma, it's about like, what shape does it take? What weight does it take? So many different pieces of just understanding what, what that feeling means, but it's a mm-hmm. very physical feeling in mm-hmm. the body. I actually have had this with, um, with clients that like when we do the hunger fullness scale, like I, I was saying before, like understanding like how hungry you are, how full you have become. Um, so I'll explain that like different people feel the sensation of hunger in different parts of their body, right? Like some people feel it in their stomach and some people feel it in their head, et cetera. Um, but actually what I do notice is that a lot of people will say like, that's like wherever they experience like hunger and fullness, the strongest is where they experience their emotion emotions mm-hmm. also the strongest, which is really interesting because they get confused between because they've been whatever dieting or whatever restricting and completely turning off those cues. It's confusing. Am I hungry full or am I emotional? It's like really confusing. Wow, that's so fascinating. I didn't even know that there was that connect. Like, I didn't even know there was different ways to feel hungry. So that's really fascinating too. Yeah, yeah, it is. I know. And I I also like try really hard to stay in my lane. And I read a lot about like trauma. And I happen to think that there is like maybe one day, God willing, like I'll take a trauma training for dietitians because it's like, it's so interesting. Like Evelyn Triboli, um, one of the authors of Intuitive Eating, I remember taking her training and she said, um, she was going over like the timeline someone's weight history so like they weighed this for some people this is triggering for this person she felt that was appropriate so um at this age I weighed this and this age I weighed this and whatever and they went through the weight history and there was a clear like 50 pound weight gain at one in one year so she asked her did anything significant happen that year and I think I think she said she got into like a really bad car accident or something um and it's like and I see that too with clients that like uh, uh, and and that's like um that's not just exclusive to intuitive eating because when I worked in a nursing I worked in a nursing home for five years and my job uh, uh, if anyone's listening the job of a dietitian in a nursing home is to be obsessive about weight but not so much about weight gain as more about weight loss if somebody's like very ill and they're losing weight that's usually an indicator that something's really wrong like either their appetite's really poor and we have to do something about that appetite stimulant sometimes feeding tube at some point. Um, sometimes they just don't like the food. That's more like of a practical thing. But um, but yeah, if there's a significant weight loss or a significant weight gain, like that's like a bit really big alarm. And like even the state is gonna look at that like when they come to survey you because it's like really important that we make sure that the weight stays within a certain range. So like there's just um it's clearly like an indicator that something else is going on, which is again how our bodies you know keep score or hold on to things it could be by losing weight it could be by gaining weight and that's like just like normal just like part of life yeah you know it's actually really interesting that you gave that example of the person who was in the car accident and that correlated with the weight gain because i i think that that's very um very liberating because a lot of times we think like this is my struggle and this is my fault and i'm stuck in this struggle and something's wrong with me and really so much of it is even just out of our conscious awareness of my body's experiencing trauma. And this is how my body responds to that. Right. Right. I know that's, I think that that's one of the most liberating things about intuitive eating is that 
diet culture tells you, like, if you just tried hard enough, you could be a size two. Like, if you just cared enough, you know, like, if you just, like, controlled yourself enough. And it's like, like, how did we get that far? You know, like, I, I don't, I really don't like to bring a lot of negativity about diet culture. That's not, like, my thing. But it's just, like, I think it's just highlighting, like, like, the extreme of it, like where it has taken us that like, we believe like Nebuchadnezzar, this lady who got into a car accident and like, okay, that's how her body responded weekend, you know, like so maybe you needed a little extra weight to help you get through it. You know, like maybe you needed some cushion. Um, and I, and I have seen that, I have seen that before. And it's like, there's so much shame around it or there's so much blame around it. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like really a bad thing. So I just really want people to hear that actually, because like it's, there's a genetic component, there's a trauma component, there's a medication component, there is natural fluctuations and like, it's okay. Like, I just, I really want people to have that um, freedom. Yeah, I love that. There's also the COVID component too. People talk about uh, yeah. COVID weekend also, nice. and that's absolutely, I mean, whatever whatever somebody needed at that point to get through the very, and, and COVID itself is a trauma that we're all still going through. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. Such, such an important message. Right. Actually, I remember also if you read Health at Every Size by Lynn, Linda Bacon, she she or he, I'm not sure how to say it, but said that um, that like when she was writing the book, that she realized that she gains weight and it was just like natural because she was so stressed out and like she had so much on her plate. So so like I, I just think about that a lot in my own life, like like actually I'll give an example that like I, I've spoken about this many times on the podcast but when my mother passed away like a few years ago um I remember <laughs> saying to my husband like it was like uh, but there's buy one get one free ice cream here in in Woodmere um on Tuesdays and Saturday nights and I was like uh could you just get me can you just get me some ice cream and I was like I'm not hungry but I really need that right now and like I remember thinking like if the worst thing that happens to me is that I gain some weight from my grief like who cares like you know just like like it's such a it's such a powerful message because like sometimes you'll gain weight and sometimes you lose weight and so, so many people might be listening to this and be like how could you be okay with that you know like the weekend it's like the worst possible thing in the whole world and it's like no it's really not it's really not yeah yeah and, and, and you're right I mean it is a really 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 difficult message because it's 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 been ingrained in us from the time we're little I mean I hope that we together can work to help change those messages yeah. we are you know, right. but it's been ingrained in us from the time we were really small everywhere. Like, even if it didn't come from our parents, then it came from our friends. And if it didn't come right. from our friends, it came from, from whatever, from social media. It, it's everywhere. These messages right. of, of just gaining weight is bad. Right. Right. So I, I will say that, um, that's like my life, like my life's mission, you know, like, and, and I think there is a shift it's slow yeah. and it's, it's not like where it needs to be, but I do think that, even just this podcast, you know, or, or anyone in the, in our community who's willing to talk about it, Rachel Tuckman, or uh, there's so many people out there that are, that are advocating, really advocating. And I, and I say that to clients sometimes, like when we talk about the principles of intuitive eating, I, I just said this last night, like reject the diet mentality is principle number one, but like you will be working on this the entire time. And I'm still working on this. And like, hopefully it will, you'll become an advocate because we, we need more voices and, and just, to just just so that everybody knows that this is like supposed to be this is a positive podcast like there is definitely change being made and people are you know schools reach out to me sometimes and people really do want to spread this message it's a little bit like 
it's, it's, we need more because it's scary the way that I hear this all the time, like teenagers, um, sixth grader, seventh graders already talking about it. My daughter's eight. I already see some things that she's picking up, but I will say from a positive, on a positive note for parents who are listening to this, the strongest message, message that your kids get are the message in the home. So like, like, for example, if a mother will say like, I'm so scared that my child's in a, in a larger body, she's going to get bullied. I say like, if she feels unconditional love from you, she's going to be in much better shape than like you being like, not to blame anyone, but like if she could feel loved and accepted at any size, then she's going to have a really strong, positive feeling about herself. And, and if people bully her, okay, everybody, you know, kids bully for lots of different things. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that so much. And I think as parents, it's really hard also because we get so many messages, even from like the pediatrician, well, your child is too large, you know, put your child on a diet or messages from like, well, you know, my child's not fitting into this size. There's just so many messages out there as parents. And as parents, we're so sensitive to how are people perceiving our children and right. how are we, you know, and yeah, it's, it's very, very difficult. Right. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So, so I would say like the, that the prevention piece is really important. Like doing your own research, fortifying yourself with these messages. Cause like, even I've had that at the pediatrician, I'm like, really? My child's too, like, are you really talking about this? You know? And like, I want to be respectful and I'm not like doctor bashing at all. I think doctors are really smart and helpful, but like, I do think it's important for us to educate ourselves as well. Absolutely. And just another piece of that, you know, it's like you and I are, and, and all those of us who are coming from the background have a little bit more, you know, ability to say, okay, I, this, this doesn't make sense to me, but some people who, who may in the back of their heads think it doesn't make sense to me, don't have the, the capacity for that. And so to, to say like, no, I, I don't agree with that, or I don't believe right. that. And so it's really important that we, that we keep putting these messages out there that we can give this validation to the people that may say, hey, I, I'm not sure that I agree with this, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I could stand up to this, or I don't know if I could say, you know, um, say, no, my child doesn't need a diet. So Right, right, right. I will say on that note, like just from, from somebody who has worked in the medical profession, just because I worked in the nursing homes for five years. Like it was very well known, like when we would, we would actually, anyone who is admitted to to a nursing home has to have a care plan meeting every, like upon admission and every three months just for the history of nursing homes. So um, we, it was always very well known. Like if a family, if a, if a resident has a family advocating for them, like asking questions, are you sure? But what about this doctor calling second opinion? They got better care. Mm -hmm. So like I saw that firsthand, so I could say that, and I know people, some people don't know what I'm talking about because they've never worked in a medical profession, but if you, if, if your doctor is defensive because you're asking a question or you did some research, like maybe you need a new doctor because not to doctor bash, but like doctors don't know everything. Doc, you are the expert of yourself and your child. And like, it's a, it's important that you advocate for yourself. Really important. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to be able to do that, we need voices like this and we need knowledge and understanding and people to talk about these things. And, you know, it, it's really, you, you talked about the shift that's happening in the world in terms of very slowly. And I see it too, moving towards that. And um, it's, it, it really, you know, as therapists and amongst my colleagues, I, I, I see that shift happening too. You know, even 10 years ago, five years ago, there wasn't as much, it was like here client is struggling with their weight so let me help them with that and now there's a lot more discussion you know on discussion boards and and at meetings about how do we support a client through being okay with their body and so it's really the shift really has happened in this field too and sometimes it can get like really tricky and really difficult because especially when if we are coming with our own messages and we haven't maybe 
fully, you know, integrated these ideas mm. of intuitive eating and health at every size. You know, it, it could be a really big dilemma when clients come in with those struggles. Mm. And so it's really, you know, even, even the field of mental health is moving towards the understanding of how important this really is. It's yes. slow. Yeah, but it's moving there. That's really good to hear. I, I mean, I see that. I see that like there's like, it's so, it's so funny because like, in my own life also like this is a struggle but like what what is like what's the thing that like has has struck a chord for me most and like I try to relate to my clients is that like going to therapy having a therapist she's not fixing you she's helping you like in a lot of ways accept the pain in your life and like sometimes I have to say that to clients like I can't change your body size that's not my goal and you might not be able to change your body size and that like hopefully won't be your goal. So it's like, how do we accept this? Like, there's not there's not always like something to do. I think that that's why diet culture dieting is so alluring because it's like, well, I hate my life. I hate the way I look. I hate the way I feel. I hate this. I'll just diet. And like, that won't fix your problems. Like sometimes we just have to accept our problems, which is really hard. Absolutely, for sure. And and you talked about that piece of control and that's so huge to be able to say, here's something in my life that I can control. That's like, that's such a fundamental piece of, the, of what keeps, you know, people wanting to diet. And, and of course, I mean, especially when, you know, life feels so out of control or here's like something that, yes, I can change, but then right. it starts to become problematic when it gets more difficult to change that and all right. of that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just, just like for people listening who want to understand that, um, like the biology is that like your first diet might be very easy. The weight might come right off, but that's because your body's not used to dieting yet. And once it gets, that's why so many people say like, after like 10 years of dieting, I'm not even losing weight on the diet. Right. Cause your body's really smart and it wants to stay at a certain weight. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a fundamental piece. And it was a fundamental piece for me in understanding myself and, and my journey of like, my, my body's going to do what it needs to do. And if I can give it what it needs, then it will just be helped to do what it needs to do. And if I don't give it what it needs, then it's just going to not be able to figure out what's going on and try to protect itself. And, and, you know, so, and, and all of that, that comes with that. Right. That's what happens with dieting, like excessive absolutely. dieting. It's just like, it's, it's actually interesting. Like the more we diet, the more like we prime our bodies to change, to change our set point weight to get higher and higher. So like the thing, it, even though it's like hard to believe that it's just like, look at people who have dieted for so many years, like they've just continued to gain weight. So like, not that weight gain is bad, but like, if that's really your goal, like dieting is not the answer. So like, yeah. but I, I'm like feeling right now for the people who believe that dieting is going to help, help them. Because I really do believe that for most people, it's not like they really just lack the knowledge. Like they, they go into the diet so hopeful and like, it's so sad because they think they're doing such a good thing for themselves. Like I hear so many people being congratulated for weight loss and I'm not like, I'm not the type of person to like go and burst their bubble, but it's just like, it's like, look what happened. Like you get so invested in the diet and then you, you cheat and you feel so negative about yourself. And then like you do it again. It's like so sad. Absolutely. And there's so much, you know, shame associated with that also of like, there's something wrong with me that I, I can't keep to this. And it's, it's so painful to see, to see that experience. And there is something like, like you said, so, so alluring about the dieting, because here's something that I can control and something that I can change. And then it's like, that can only go so far. Like, I really don't have this sense of control. Right. And it's so praised also. It's like so praiseworthy yeah, in our, absolutely. So it makes sense that you would want to do it. Like you would want to yeah. get that external validation. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's so much camaraderie in that also. Right. Yes, there's like that um, bonding, woman bonding, even male bonding now. Like, yeah. what diet are you on? What are you trying? How much weight did you lose? Like, it's it's just like, I understand it, but it's just like, in a way, it's very sad. Like, how else can we bond as women? Like, do we have to bond over like body bashing? Like, is that what I, like, that's what I often say to clients. Like, that might be like really important to you, but like, is that what you want to be really important to you? If you could really you can really choose what's important to you. Like, do you want that to stay important to you? You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my mind is on something that you said before. Can I just go back to that for a yeah, second? Yeah, go for it. And, and everything you're saying is like so profoundly important. And it just, it just struck a chord with me though, when you talked about, um, and I'm trying to just jog my memory back when you talked about, oh, when you talked about, you know, co- people coming in and saying, okay, this is how I, I, I want to be fixed. Right. And mm-hmm. like you, you see that in your work and, and, and that's actually a really big piece of what drew me to trauma work because I was, all, I always knew, like, I wasn't, so, I, I don't have the answers. I, I don't, I, I don't mm-hmm. know how to people. The only mm-hmm. person who can actually make any change in their lives is a person themselves. And so mm-hmm. trauma work is such a, such a, a, a gentle and, and really deep approach of just understanding and learning and accepting ourselves. And so it's really, it, it's really so much not about fixing. And when we're in a very difficult place, like oftentimes when we're coming into therapy, it's like, I just want this to change. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very difficult to say, okay, well, it's, it's really just about the process of, you know, learning who I am and how this came and, and, what can help me be be strong and secure and grounded in my life and it's really you know that, that that's also how my you know work in, as, as a therapist has shifted as well away from that and it definitely correlates again with that like control of dieting versus like i'm i'm just letting go and i'm saying okay i can just accept whatever how however change is going to happen yeah actually when you said that i also like it, it it like struck a chord because it reminded me actually i'm actually a lot of like sad things happened in my community over the last few days and it's been like really really challenging and um and I I actually remember speaking with my therapist in the beginning after my mom died like thinking like is she gonna bring my mom back like like these like crazy thoughts you know like is this even gonna help me because like I'm so depressed you know and um I don't know why I thought of this but did you read the book um maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb I did read that book yes yeah. So I don't want to give this away, but there's, there, there's a, there's a part where she's talking to like a cancer patient, right? She, her client's a cancer patient and the cancer's not getting, she's a young woman. She was newly married. She's not getting better. It doesn't seem like she's getting better. And I remember her, I think either of the clients said like, I just want to say the F word. And Lori's like, just say it. And she said that they started screaming the F word back and forth to each other. And she said like the people in the waiting room must've thought they were crazy, but like, that was a very profound scene in the book because it was like she just screamed her feelings out and didn't change the outcome yeah but she had someone there to do that with her and like yeah. I know this is like so extreme and I don't know even know why I thought of it but it's like that's how I'm feeling now you know like not that I'm gonna curse but like sometimes like life really is that painful and like yes time heals sometimes and like but just having that support having the you know, somebody who has experience with trauma has seen it before and knows that the person can move forward. It's like that in and of itself is super healing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's also so fundamental for, for ourselves as human beings to be able to say like, 
I'm, I'm not okay right now. And, and that's okay. I can be okay with not being okay. And I think that that's really like, that's how I kind of understand trauma work. Like, yes, one day maybe we'll say, okay, I've worked through this trauma enough that it's not so strong anymore, but it's always a part of who I am. And right. I can still be okay in those moments when the trauma is really strong. Like right. it's, it's okay. It's okay for me. My, my body is safe in this moment. And I can, right. I, I, I can feel like the world is just crumbling around me and I cannot feel okay for a long time. Right. And that's okay. Right. Like if somebody has like a, a reaction physically because something tr- triggers the trauma to know that like, that's normal and that might happen. And like, y- you might feel like you're going to die, but you won't. And like, just somebody saying that to you, somebody holding that space for you. It's like, it's just so powerful. It's like so important. Yeah, absolutely. And that go- comes back to the theme because at the same time, it's like, yes, I can be in this place of, 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 you know, feeling that I'm going to die for, for whatever amount of time I I need to be in that place. And it's kind of like the antithetical to the, to the need to control. It's like, I'm I'm giving up all that control and that Mm. goes with dieting and that goes with all of mental health and every, everything that we struggle with. Right. And something else that you just said also was, was so interesting that you said, um, the trauma never leaves you, right. Even if you learn to live with it. And it's like the, the, for so many people dieting or being a certain weight, is their identity. So it's like getting rid of that is like really like, I don't know if you'll ever get rid of that, but you could change your identity. But if it's like just knowing that it's been a part of your identity for so long, you're somebody who um, diets, you're somebody who controls themselves, you're somebody who stays a certain size. That's like really hard to, to, to change if it's like who you, who you feel like it's your identity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I like to think of trauma as like, like a a roadmap. It's like, it's like we've driven across like certain, certain, you know, lines in our body. And it's like etched in there. Like the Mm -hmm. trauma is etched in our, in our bodies. And Mm -hmm. so we can, we, we can work through that and we can make it that, that, it feel less strong, but it's, but it's always there and it's always etched in who we are and how we're going to relate to the world. And the same thing with dieting that's etched in there too. It's yes. just part of the essence of who we are. And so we can yeah. learn ways to live with that and to, to, to make it not as strong and to find things that, that, you know, are important to us and places that do bring us joy. And mm-hmm. at the same time, it's still part of who we are. You yes. know, one get the other. Yeah. Right. Like I just, I, like, I have so many clients that are like, when am I going to stop? Like, looking at the nutrition facts, you know, when am I going to stop comparing my body to that person's body? And I tell them like, I still do that. That's still hard for me. Sometimes I look in the mirror and think like, I wish this part of my body was smaller. I, that doesn't make me a hypocrite. It's part of me. I work very hard against it. It's not part of the value system that I want, but that doesn't mean that it's not hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyways, this was amazing. And, um, and I, I like to tell people that like, I try, I really enjoy the organic conversation. Like some people want me to send them um, questions before, but I prefer the organic conversation. You never know where it's going to go. So this was amazing. Um, do you want to leave the listeners with anything, with anything else? Sure. Well, I'll leave you with something first. Also though, first of all, I, I think everything you shared was so important and such important messages to get out to the world. Um, and, and I think you're doing amazing work and like you know the fact that there can be such a a strong voice just saying hey I don't care what the rest of the world is saying I'm saying what I believe and what I know is true um yeah and then just for for everyone listening to this you know there's there's so much shame associated with all the things we carry when when we have depression anxiety body struggles 
I mean, everything, everything mm-hmm. that we struggle with has shame associated mm-hmm. with it. And sometimes it's just like when we can say, okay, you know, other people have these struggles too, or there are, there, there are places we can bring these struggles and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. And that's so much of working with trauma. And again, when I say trauma, you know, it doesn't have to be something big and huge. It just means the, the real intense struggles that we've been through in our lives. And when we can say, okay, th- this is what's causing me to, to have this experience or to behave this way or to engage in this behavior. It's just so freeing to allow ourselves to understand that, that there are things that are happening that are sometimes even beyond our control. Yes. That's so important for people to know. Like, like I really hope that this interview specifically is giving people the tools to know that we don't have the, all the control that we think. And like the acceptance piece, it's really important and finding the support system that you need. And like, yeah, sometimes we're the only ones like we're swimming upstream, but like we we could listen to our intuition and know what's right for us absolutely that's like the biggest piece that's you know th- that's how i like to say it, that i guide my life like my intuition and intuitive eating has taught me that so much so much and that's what trauma therapy teaches too what is my intuition and how do yeah. i access that yeah yeah i love that i really should take that trauma training yeah, uh, yeah. okay do you want to um i'll put all your information in the show notes but do you want to share that here just so people could if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. Okay. So again, so I have a private practice in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, my phone number is 216-309-1766. And that's really the best way to reach me. You can email Shifra at healinghappensCLE.com. Um, and I will respond to emails or phone calls or texting. Is- okay, great. Yeah. Okay, great. So I'll put all that in, in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining Thanks. me. This was great. Thank you, Gila. Okay. No problem. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.